Hey, Dirtbags, we are back with another episode. I've got my fellow Dirtbag, Luke Payne, on the other side here. How are we doing, Luke? Dirtbags Media Group. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing well. Do big things. We just hit a thousand downloads on the podcast. I mean, this is just bigger than I ever thought it would be, and we're seeing that the Dirtbags is taking off. Dude, that's like, it's crazy how, like, so was it what episode do you think kind of drove that growth was it kind of all of them or is there there more like favorites yeah so it's been pretty consistent actually so uh the first episode we ever did was with aaron witt so we expected that to be the big driver you know that's going to be the one that takes us takes us home but and is the first one so it's been out the longest but right on its heels just a few downloads away is the western excavation episode and then dylan's episode Yep, and then Dylan's episode that we just launched uh, with Van Gordon, um, that one's been taken off. So it, I think a lot of people really got to see, obviously, more of our personalities. Dylan was awesome. And then really just, you know, we had a few drinks that night, too, and so that was fun. But I uh, really just got to dive into the questions, you know, people want to hear and, you know, some of the insight of the dirt world and business and marketing and, and all that good stuff. We should do like a campaign to get like insight from other people and what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm only so creative and I know you're a lot more creative than I am, but it's fun to hear what like other, you know, other people's topics that they want to listen to. Yeah. And honestly, off the podcast, you and I were talking about how we were just getting uh, texts from people saying like, you know, love the podcast, keep it up. And you know, it's inspiring. And so I don't know how this can be inspiring, but at the same time too, I was like, we're, we're, I'm damn near getting drunk on the podcast. I'm like, don't, don't follow our drinking habits, but I hate But no, that was super fun to hear. No, I I think it helps. It it obviously means a ton that, you know, people are listening and, you know, they just put it on when they're in the skid steer and it's, it's fun conversations, but at the same time too, you know, we, we try and keep it organized enough so that we're delivering some sort of useful content. And, um, you know, we mentioned him before, but, uh, our producer, Brandon, uh, he is right now behind the scenes for the first time live on the podcast. So, we used to do Zoom all the time and we just record it and then we'd send it to Brandon. He would edit it, make us look halfway decent. And uh, now we switched over to Discord for this episode. So he is live right now and he can make edits live and he can do all that. So we're, I'm pretty pumped for this move. I think it's going to offer a lot of things for the Dirtbags podcast, like for future episodes and even bringing in like an audience live. Bring in different guests. Yeah, that'll be really fun. Um, going back to the, the topic of people saying that they enjoyed the podcast, I got to tell this story. Cole and I, we, uh, last, yeah, it was last week. So it would have been the week of the week after the 4th of July. Um, we were out West and we were visiting a bunch of like oil field companies. Right. And he had all the fucking luck. Cause I got all the dirt bags and nobody wanted to talk Shout to out. me. Yes, shout out everybody. Nobody wanted to have a conversation. And I'm like, do I stink? Like, what the hell is going on? Because all I was trying to do is like hand you a business card, like, hey, here's what we can do. We want to, you know, get work out here as well. And I texted Cole this and he was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm having great conversations. People are taking my cards left and right. I'm like, fuck you. 
Um, granted, I had his card that I was giving out, so people are going to be right. like, that Cole, that Cole Anderson guy, he was kind of a fucking schmuck. Um, <laughs> right. And then we met up at like a like an intersection because he had he had some business cards uh, made for me, and I was just handing out his. And he pulls up, and he's listening to the Dirtbags podcast. And I oh, open his door, and I just started chuckling. Oh, I love this shit. This is great, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. It was funny. No, you love to hear it. And uh, yeah, Cole's. I mean, Cole's a better looking guy, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that you know he 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 looks a little more trustworthy. But um, he's, got a, he's got a brighter smile, so I'll give him that. Yeah, for sure. So we got thousand thousand downloads which is huge we started the podcast in february um yeah so thank you to everyone that you know listens or gives us a shot um you know listens on youtube or spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast we really appreciate it and to luke's point we want to involve you guys more and have more insight more questions ideas obviously we're very open to that and uh even have different guests on and everything so uh if, if you're on spotify it helps a ton if you um, follow the channel and then you ring the bell because then you get notified anytime we drop an episode. And then also if you rate the show, um, Spotify rewards us for that and brings us higher to the top. So my goal, we're technically a business podcast. So how great would it be one day somebody logs on and they search the top business podcast to see the dirt bags. And it says fucking dirt bags. People would Explicit. be like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah, that would be, the dirt. That would be great. The dirt bags podcast explicit. Um, yeah, so if you guys could do that, that that'd mean a lot. Scrolling, and he's got a really good business podcast, and we're like close to him, and he's like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" God, that would be great. Like Dave that, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, Dave Ramsey. Hello, this is Dave Ramsey. He got one. Yeah, he's his podcast is weird. I um, I can't stand to listen to him sometimes, to be honest, but. He's a little yeah. like too conservative, not like conservative politically, but like conservative money wise. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you want to buy a $20,000 car? You better have a million dollars saved up. Shit like that. Yeah. Like, that's, no, that's unrealistic. But yeah. um, speaking of the nitty gritty, Luke, uh, I know we got a couple of topics here tonight that they're going to get pretty in depth. I want to hear about shout out work zone. Looks like you're drinking what some coffee or what are you having in there? I mean, it's nighttime, so I switched out the coffee. We got a little Maker's Mark uh, rolling Great. in here, but um, yeah, shout out yeah. Maker's Mark. Yep. So, Great. yeah, man. So basically how that worked and, uh, you know, I put a post out about it on our Phaser channel, but um, super stoked about this partnership. Uh, essentially, WorkZone Coffee Company, uh, he's based out of San Francisco, California, Essentially, it's just a coffee company, but there's so much more to that. Um, so the owner, Mitchell, he was an engineer for many years, worked in the construction space, and then he kind of wanted to pivot and do something else. He's a business-minded guy, and so loved coffee, started a coffee shop, but he also has the mission to promote um, safety in the workplace and safety in the field, specifically for construction companies. And so he works with a lot of companies, you know, like John Deere and other companies at trade shows just to promote safety, also have a badass product and something that we all consume every day. So I reached out to him. I was like, dude, love your stuff. Here's what we do. We have, you know, two podcasts and we have a, a business where we do marketing for construction companies. You know, we're not leaving this industry anytime soon. 
if you want to do something like I would love to get collaborative here. And yeah, basically we landed on, um, you know, him sending us product and us saying that he's the official coffee of phaser marketing and, uh, yeah, as well as like all of the podcasts too. And I'm like, you know, then we get to ship that stuff out, the free product we get to our clients, to our guests we have on the show, to people at trade shows, things like that. So really just shout the name of a cool, badass company that also has an, an awesome mission for the construction space. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I don't know anything about coffee. I remember you texting me and asked if I had a Keurig, and I was like, no. Dude, I'm a, I'm a fucking Red Bull. And Honestly, I've been liking what's the ghost energies, which they're supposed to be better for you, but... We were talking about kidney stones on one of our projects. One of the superintendents, he was telling us on the time he passed one, and it scared the shit out of us. We're like, we should probably stop drinking energy drinks. So definitely should look into some of that work zone coffee. Yeah, dude. You were one of the first ones I hit up because I'm like, I got to get some of this product, you know, out to to some of the guys that support us and, you know, guys are partnered with and stuff. And and uh, I go, Luke, do you have a Keurig? And nope. Two Red Bulls a day, you know, two Red Bulls in the morning. I'm like, dude, we got to get you switched. You're going to die by the time you're 50. Oh, man. So, yeah, definitely big shout out Work Zone. Um, they're awesome. Order their stuff, um, you know, if you haven't yet. And then, you know, tag them on Instagram and everything. But it's just a genuine product that I stand behind. So I'm like, might as well, you know, partner up with them. So excited to see where that goes and how far uh, we take it. But, you know, cool mission in the industry. I uh, really want to support those types of businesses. It's really cool. I mean, the safety aspect, I feel like in the construction industry, it's it's obviously important, but you don't see like a lot of people taking, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of companies that take safety seriously, right? You have to, but yeah. there's not like a huge presence of safety in the workplace, right? Obviously, you know, it's there, but there's no one that really like presses it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that that is his one mission. It's not like an, a big overarching, confusing mission where there's so many things. It's like, no, sa- promoting safety out in the field. And, you know, to do that, um, you know, he's he's growing this business, this coffee company, but at the same time, he's donating a portion of the proceeds, you know, to these companies and to these uh, organizations that, you know, promote the safety. So, it's really cool. You know, I'm down to, you know, help out any company that's doing a good thing in the construction space. And then also, you know, he's helping me out a ton as well. So it's uh, definitely a win-win. I was the, the only two things, and I think he captured the best one, but the only two like businesses that I could think of to like start to promote safety is obviously caffeine. Cause every fucking blue collar person has to have caffeine in the morning. Like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You go to any gas station and there's 30 people with high vis on and you're like, okay. Yeah. And everyone's got Red Bull's coffee, whatever in their hand. Right, and right. the other one is like a clothing company. But I feel like so yeah. many people are trying to do clothing. So cool, cool for him to kind of branch off and get into that space and incorporate it in the construction industry. Yeah. And if you have a clothing company, uh, let us know that's specific to the construction space because we'd love to talk with you and you know if you have a mission behind it we'd love to see if we can work with you on the dirtbags podcast or whatever that is so you know luke and i have talked about it before on the show but um really we are very open we want to connect the dirt world with vetted resources and you know people that we use we use their products their services whatever it may be um and we want to bring that all in one place so 
Uh, we just launched our Dirtbags podcast uh, website. So you can find that at dirtbagspodcast.com. That's where we'll have all the updates of the shows, different podcasts we've been guests on, and then also all the products and services that have sponsored us and the ones that we trust. Yep. Yeah, that's shout out to Jordan on our website. I'm ex- that's That turned out really good. It, it yeah. took a while, but I feel like that's because of you and I not responding yeah. to the emails. I mean, <laughs> guilty. It's uh, there's there's one reason why it took a while, and it's it's both of us. So um, it was it was us. So yeah, but glad it's up. You know, we're gonna continue some ongoing development on that. And Luke, I know you and I were talking about uh, just some other things with the dirt bags and different business moves we kind of want to do and. Uh, you know, one of those would be, you know, running some ads as far as like um, getting more ideas from people in the industry, you know, getting that further reach, but then also just like promoting the show and promoting the people that do partner us and those resources. Because if we can just bring everyone to one place, which is our website, they can get all the podcasts they need in the industry, all the, you know, financing they need, taxes, lawyers, um, you know, anything they need, we want it to be on our site. So uh, you know, we have a lot of awesome partners that we work with and it's just really cool to, you know, try and add value to the dirt world. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I, if anybody wants to be a partner, let us know. Cause we'd love to, you know, learn more about your business, what you do within the industry, you know, what you're kind of looking for. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to, I know I've had a couple people reach out and I mean, just simple questions, but it's fun to like, Hey, I have somebody that you can call or, Hey, call this guy. Yeah. They'll be able to help you out know that they're going to get taken care of. So yeah. I think that, that's the most rewarding part. hundred percent. So, uh, kind of as we dive into a few other things, um, you know, as I was thinking about different topics and different questions today, uh, what we want to talk about, but one one thing definitely stood out in my mind. I, I heard it from a couple companies. Um, one of their sales channels like shut off, and it may have been from you know high gas prices or the their SEO started to drop or whatever it was. One of their sales channels started not sending leads, and their business is tanking. So the question I wanted to bring up is like why is it important to have more than one lead source? And like, how do you get more than one lead source? And just so, you know, you're not affected if that one gets shut off, you have other leads coming in. Like, how do you go about that? Honestly, I, um, so that's a really good question because there was like an instance that happened today at work that was like, that it's so correlated with it, but I feel like having, and it doesn't even have to be like a, like a lead source, mm-hmm. but it could be like another business, right? Another business yeah. that you work within or, you know, they're in the space, but they're a different, like they're a different provider of a different service. Like all the example that comes to my head was on our uh, finished grade side for new home construction, right? Aqualon in town is kind of the, there's other sprinkler companies, obviously, but I feel like they're kind of the biggest. Um, and one of the places that we had did last week or something, um, honestly, the guys fucked it up, right? We hit like four, you know, Joe called me, it was like eight sprinkler heads. I didn't want to say eight, but it was like eight sprinkler heads, um, and just ripped them out of the ground. Right. And so Joe called me and he goes, Luke, did you have a new guy? They're like, what the hell happened? And I was like, no, it wasn't a new guy. I was like, build me for him. You know, obviously that sucks, but 
tying into like the lead source piece is, is, you know, one, if I would have handled that situation, like, oh, well, you, you know, sorry, better fucking fix it or fuck right off. Right. right. It's good to have that guy in our back pocket knowing, okay, I know that these guys are going to take care of that. And if obviously there's issues, I can call them and they're going to cordially work for us. And knowing, you know, granted, should that happen? No, it shouldn't. So I've got to have a conversation with my guys on it. But say, you know, they see your good work, they're able to recommend you to other people as well. So like, that is my kind of um, example of like a different lead source. And there's so many like different avenues of that in the space where they can be to anything you know it doesn't have to be you know honestly the the marketing side is huge but like other people that you work with can be a huge resource as well so it's establishing those relationships definitely i think honestly like you and i i or i should say you and i our working relationship probably understand that the most because yes like the digital marketing you know we do for black iron is is great it brings in some leads all that is is great but if you only relied on that it just it doesn't work it doesn't make sense and that's why you know when we go into business with a construction company we're like don't put all of this on our shoulders like if we don't have a single lead come in from this you know social media post or google ad we're going bankrupt it's like you need to be out, you know, pounding on doors and con- continuing to build these relationships, shaking hands, you know, going to other bigger construction companies and asking to sub out work, like whatever it is you need to do. You can't just rely on one source because the way I look at it is if, if that somehow gets cut off and you're just dead in the water, um, it can be very, very tough. But to your point as well, um, I think going a little bit further, having multiple streams of income. I think that can really help. So uh, what we do on our side is, you know, we've got the dirt bags, which is going to be, you know, bringing in some income. And then we've got our marketing agency, which is our really our core business. You know, it's the the full time partnership. Then we also build websites. And then we also have um, Turf Wars, which is another company totally separate, but that can bring in income as well. So you don't want to spread yourself too thin. But as you're in the industry, look for other ways to kind of bring in multiple streams of income. Because if one, God forbid, just like if the water turns off and it stops, you still have other streams coming in and you can make it work. Yeah, well, and that, I mean, that brings me to think of like subcontracting. Like in our space, there's so much subcontracting that goes on. Like we don't do any of our, like, I honestly hate landscaping, right? Landscaping is what I kind of started black iron as and obviously now we're full excavation and there's still people that call us and they're like oh hey like what type of grass seed should i use my guy like, i don't know i don't i don't do any of my own seeding right we sub all of that out to another company because in you know in swapping we get all their grading right yeah so it's also establishing relationships like that like hey how can i help you how can you help me type thing and there's other ways you know that way to where you can help yourself and help others too you know, and that's yeah. kind of the whole grow as a community. Obviously, you're competitors, but you can still work together. So, yeah. I mean, there's you could you could dive into a fucking wormhole on how many different like areas of subcontracting there are. We get it all the time, and you know, there's some people that really they get upset, and I can see why. Like, 
say you i'll take a landscape company for instance right because they're you know say they're a they're a design build maintain company right but they don't have you know curbing or they don't have um, patio installers and they hire out another company to do that for them obviously the company that's lining them all up which you know in that sense as a general contractor they should have a little margin on top right for their time lining it all up i know there's some people that cannot get over that like there's a huge like if you're doing that you're a scumbag i'm like well you go line it up then you take all of your time make sure everybody is going to be here when they're supposed to be here there's no mistakes if there is mistakes you're fixing them and not me. It's like there's right. value in that and people don't see that. So I think that's another way, you know, kind of getting off topic, but that's kind of another way of a lead source, right? Working with other companies. So yeah, 100%. And really just building up, you know, the book of business. You know, I've talked about that as well of, you know, you, you don't just want one supplier of business, you know, you want a whole network. And even if, even if they're not going to get you, paid essentially like if they're not a paying customer you can still network with them you can still meet them because they may know somebody or they may have deep connections with some of these other big projects that are going on and if they can highly recommend you we all know that the best form of marketing is like word of mouth hey go with these guys they're awesome here's luke payne's phone number give them a call and then it's almost done at that point they give you a call and you're like yep this is what we do this is what it costs cool. When can you start? And it's uh, the best form of marketing is word of mouth and just having additional channels, even if they're not going to be a paying customer, it's still okay. You know, don't be a dick, be great to everyone, add value to people, help out where you can, even like in the community. And we don't need to go down this rabbit hole as well, but helping out in the community helps because other people see that and they see you as a reputable, authentic company, and they're going to be shouting your name out as well for when you need laborers or when you need jobs, like whichever problem you're having, we're all going to have a certain problem at any point in the year. Uh, you know, having people in your corner really helps. It does. And it's crazy how small the world is. Yeah. Like I've, I know I've bit my tongue a couple times to where, um, you, you know, you, you say something, say, you say something about somebody well, that person might know them really well, or that person has a really good, you know, reference or a good referral base, right? And they and they hear that, right? Then it's like, okay, mm. so you really you really just want to be, I hate to say it, but you want to like have conversations with people. You want to be nice to people, right? And I feel like our world is super judgmental to where we should stop in the in the easiest way to stay it, right? But it's it's just crazy how small the world is and how, you know, anything, especially now with phones and social media, anything can be taken the wrong way. Text can be taken the wrong way. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That was kind of a four-point topic there. But it's, yeah, world is small. Be nice to everybody. Have good conversations. All that fun stuff. Go make some money. Go make some money. Exactly. I like it. Speaking exactly. of money, that is a perfect segue into my next point. Um, leveraging capital for equipment. So speaking of, you know, Dave Ramsey, speaking of money and all that, starting businesses, you know, we, we try and help contractors start a business and we had a great example. Um, don't, you know, don't need to go too far into it, but basically somebody had been listening to us. Uh, we've been talking to them quite a bit and they potentially are going to leave the job they're at 
and start their own excavation company. So how do you leverage capital? Obviously, it is very expensive business to start. You can't just, it's not a marketing agency where you can just start with a computer. Um, how do you leverage your capital to start a construction company? Oh, dude, that's a ton of question. One, a, I can't. Let me take, let me take a sec. They're going to they're gonna kill it. You can just tell them they've got the drive. They've got all the ambition in the world, good connections. Oh, yeah. I mean, leveraging your debt, you have to in our space, right? Because the way, and again, it, it, there's no, I'm sure there's better answers than some, and maybe mine are completely wrong, but they work for us. Sure. On my end, I like new things, right? I'm not a diesel mechanic. I don't know how to fix things, right? So I prefer the warranty side. So I'm okay with paying a little bit more to ensuring that I know I'm going to be able to work a little bit longer. One, is it more comfortable for the guys too? Yes. But as far as like the leveraging part of it, that's where you really kind of have to get down to your numbers. And it's tough because you got you to try to figure out your true costs on everything. And you don't know your true cost, I feel like, until you really start to run. And then that's where you kind of figure out, you know, different numbers. And again, that kind of ties into the bidding piece. Um, but yeah, I, dude, that's, a, that's honestly a tough question. Cause yeah, like people, and maybe it's just us. And again, I, I like to invest everything we have back into the company so we can have the best. Right. So that helps me leverage a little bit more because we have more cash flow to where, you know, I'm not taking it. I hadn't given it for you know salaries for my guys i'm getting different things that'll help make their job easier right so my way of leveraging debt is probably completely different than somebody else's but right. i'm all about growth so i see i see a bunch of work right now and again that could change in the future but there's so much work out there because so many companies have overbooked themselves to where i'm like and it's and it's even getting the machines right now is really tough. So it's like that, bring that into an effect. And oh, yeah, I, I'm trying to make it like a simple answer. And I heard a quote one time, if you can't explain it to a three-year-old, you don't yeah. understand it yourself. And dude, I'm having a really hard time trying to think of a way to explain it to a three-year-old right now. So maybe no. I don't understand it, but. No, it's all good. Cause I'm not three, I'm 27 and I'm yeah. not even really understanding. So. Dude. I think it's just if you take risks, you have yeah. to be able to have the work for it, right? So yeah. again, that goes into the connection piece. It's showing, you know, that's where you guys have done a really good job for us is showing what you're capable of. And I feel like if you have a good presence, you have a good, uh, you know, name behind you, a good reputation, yeah. you have solid values, I feel like that work will come. And then you'll be able to take those larger risks for those bigger machines, um, add more guys or whatever it needs to kind of leverage that and yeah. you'll be set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the most simple way I could really think of, but yeah, the way I, the way I love to look at that is especially, you know, if, if you're younger in the getting in the business or in the business, you know, you're in your twenties, thirties or forties, it's like, you're not going anywhere for a while. So yeah. why not, you know, not dive invest. into that? Yeah. Why not invest into your, your digital presence? Why not invest into your equipment? Why not invest into your people, your company, everything? I mean, it, it, uh, I look at 
our careers, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go anywhere for probably 30 years at least. Might as well, like the money I put into our, our digital asset, our business, everything is just going to keep growing. So it just, to me, it makes sense. But, um, you know, just to have it's now taking, so you can it later, right? Exactly. Yeah. And taking care of your business. But I'm also very, you know, frugal. I'd rather pay myself, you know, very little, which I don't know if that's the right way to do it either, but I'm okay with it if, as long as it's going in the business because I know it's still going to grow and then it's going to create that golden egg where it's just producing when I don't have to be there. You, I've, I feel like when you, when you think of owner salaries or you think of owner, you know, paying yourself, I think you have to, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay myself minimum wage. Why would I pay myself anything other than minimum wage? I'm like, well, uh, that's... you have to you have to invest in yourself too, because yeah. it's your company. And think about how critical you are to that. Obviously, you started it, so why would you not put yourself in a good place too, to where you're healthy, you're happy, yeah, uh, you can pay your bills, you can still have fun. So I think that's super critical, and I think there's a big disconnect with people. I actually had a guy um, have a conversation about me or about that with me this week, and they're like, well, I'm I'm going to pay myself minimum wage. Everything else will go back into the business. I'm like, well, why don't, I mean, why don't you pay yourself more than minimum wage and still yeah. put money back into the business to where you're both comfortable? You know, yeah. why would, why would you try to set one side for it's thriving and you're struggling to meet ends meet? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Right. So yeah, there's definitely a balance and I am definitely very aware of that of, okay, what, you know, what is, what is my minimum to live on? Pay myself more than that. And then, you know, to then make those, uh, to go travel, to go to trade shows, to go out on the lake whenever I want, you know, to do those things, but also to make sure that the business is getting something and I'm getting something because, you know, they're, they're both the same. I mean, your business is yourself. If you're, you know, an LLC or a uh, sole proprietorship, or uh, owner operator. So just making sure that you're also getting paid, your family's getting what they need, and then your business is still retaining some of those profits. Yeah. The one, another kind of a same tie into that same topic is the word invest. I feel like when people say the word invest, they think of like stocks, real yeah. estate, like things that are less tangible. When I think of investing, I'm like, I'm going to put... 200 grand into this brand new machine here's yeah. what it cost me a month here's what it can make me a month mm -hmm. right i think the one percent rule with the real estate side to where say you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house you want rent to be one percent of that right and then you're cash flowing so i kind of bring that into the machine side too where i'm like okay if i'm making you know one percent of my cost on that monthly i'm fine you know granted i have to take my true costs into there and you know figure out all my numbers that way but that's how I want to invest. I want to invest in machines. I want to invest in productivity. Obviously, we, ha you know, you have the real estate side, and I'm, yeah, I do some stock stuff. But that's how I see, like the, that's how I see investing. That's how I see, you know, putting things back into the company. That's how I see leverage. Right. This costs me this much a month, but here's what it can make me a month. I have to go out, put my boots on the ground to make that happen. Though, kind of back to your piece of, you know, Phaser isn't isn't a one-stop shop for right. we're going to get all the leads. You got to, you got to do that yourself. You have to put in the work yourself, but you have yeah. to have your team, your machines behind you to be able to do that. Yeah. It's everyone working together, you know, to 
get to that goal of what you have. So, um, yeah, it's not just one channel or one person doing everything. It's, it's, you know, putting people in your corner to take care of those things so that you have success. Um, so how do you, we're definitely going to change courses a little bit, but you're talking, you know, about finances and you're talking about, um, figuring out, you know, with your equipment and how much uh, work it should be doing, how do you bid your projects? And if you could dive into that of, um, you know, maybe from when you started to what you know now, just some principles of like how you go about bidding your projects. Um, I mean, how do you go about that? Dude, bidding has been, I have zero like knowledge on how to bid when I first started, right? When yeah. I first started, it was solely on, okay, here's what I think I'm going to charge for myself and my machine. Here's how much time I think it'll take to get it done, right? That's the simple way of bidding. That was three, four years ago. Now it's completely yeah. different to where, honestly, Garrett Williams kind of gave, you know, when I, when I, I think did we send each other that link and we're like, Hey, yeah. listen, this is really good. It was, I think it was the one with, um, it was a it was video. Yeah, 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 that's who it was. Yeah. Was it the dirt or dirt monkey or whatever his name is? Yeah. Stanley. Yeah. Um, he takes your overhead materials. Um, what was their labor? Four labor and then profit and then yeah. that's how he bids it and i didn't quite understand that until i really kind of dove into like our true cost what our overhead is what we spend a month on fuel what you know yeah. what we have for breakdowns and how we can try to cover that with all of our projects and so what i've kind of done and it's it's worked so far and granted this isn't the right or wrong way to do it i this sure. is just work for us I take our total, you know, our total monthly billings, right? For what I have to pay out. Say I have to pay out 50 grand a month for payroll, machinery, insurance, all of that stuff that's pretty even keel, that there's not a lot of uh, variance in it. I take that and that's my base cost, right? So then when I do these projects, I try to figure out the true cost of the machine, the true cost hourly, and then obviously figure out our profit margins in between there. Okay. So like take the grading side. If we can grade, you know, four yard or no, excuse me. Yeah. If we can grade like four to six yards a week per machine, we're profitable. If we don't, then we're not profitable. And it obviously depends on like the size of yards, but then how I figure out my baseline, cause we're all per square foot on that. How I figure out my baseline per square foot is off those four to six yard averages. I take the true cost of the machine, you know, and it again, another reason why we bought buy cat equipment because they have a lot of those integrated into the machine. Like they'll have fuel consumption. They'll have, you know, all these different tech sides to where that can help you bring you closer and closer to that, you know, hourly number for what your machine true cost is, what your labor true cost is. You know, are they burning fuel? Are they, you know, driving around from spot to spot? So those are all things that you got to try to figure out. And then that's how you can figure out your profit margins. I'll be honest. We try to make 15 to 25% for profit margins on our stuff. And we are, we're really close to that this year just because, and I think finding out our true cost of everything has really helped maintain that or help us establish that. So that's been really fun. Yeah, man. It's uh, knowing your numbers too, and just knowing what it's going to take, but also what it's going to take to keep growing and keep moving forward. Because 
if you're not making money as a business, I mean, like you don't have any money to invest into your customers the next year or the next five years. And it's like, we want to be growing as businesses. So making sure you have that profit where you're paying yourself and you're growing your business is so important. That and honestly going out and doing it, you know, you have to, everybody's cost is so much different. Like mine might be, 100% 100% different than, you know, somebody that's two blocks from me, right? Their overhead mm-hmm. might be way less than mine, you know, so their their way of estimating things is going to be completely different, which is fine. Um, ah, fuck, I had a good train of thought on that one, but I forgot it. Um, Dude. I'll have, I'll have to think of it. Dude, it's... Hey, Basil, we were rolling. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, uh, we were rolling. If you guys haven't noticed the... The podcasts start out amazing and they kind of just slowly decline as we as we drive a few into us. So yeah. um that's okay. That's that's good for the listeners because hopefully they're maybe enjoying one with us. Exactly. Um, yeah. Fuck, that was a good point too. I'm sure I'm gonna think of it here shortly, but bit right. oh yeah, you just have I mean, you learn by doing, right? So yeah. Cole and I with the Western side we don't, neither of us have a lot of background into like the commercial stuff. So the projects that we have taken on this year, it's, I mean, we'll spend three hours on the phone at night trying to figure out, okay, we'll break everything down in the sections. We'll break our materials down. We'll break our cost of labor down and we'll try to kind of hammer out numbers that way. Obviously we don't know because we've never done it. And Cole been really good about putting you know everything into a spreadsheet we're mapping everything out trying to find our actual true cost and then putting our margins on what we would like to make on top of that and it's it's been good i mean we're we're a couple projects in and it's it's so far worked but it's you have to you got to put in that time to find your numbers because if you don't then you 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 don't know your profit margins you don't know what you're you know what you will be making if that makes sense Right. I mean, and that's with any business too. You look at where we started and where we are and then where we're going to be in five, 10 years. It's like you you learn, you grow, you do, and then you figure out like, okay, how are we going to do this to make it work? How are we going to keep growing? How are we, you know, what are our numbers? What are our costs? How can we not break even on every single project? Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens and mainly it just, you don't know until it does happen to you. So it's uh you can't really read it out of a book or plan for it it just has to happen to you so then you can plan for the next one and dude knowledge is power i don't remember where i heard that but i heard that whether it was podcast or you know on instagram but it is so true having knowledge in your space is very powerful and we're definitely seeing that like we're finally i know we've had a couple mistakes on like grade heights right because either i've said the wrong measurements or maybe they misheard me or whatever it was. So we're finally integrating GPS into everything. So we can take that guessing out. Is that expensive? Yes. But the payoff of that hopefully is, you know, very fast. So again, that goes into, you know, investing into yourself, investing into your guys, making sure you set your guys up so they can't fail. I think that's really important too. Right. Yeah. And just giving them a system to grow into as well. And like they can see the future of, you know, whichever business they're working for, especially, you know, your company, it's it's not just a cash out the paycheck every two weeks. It's, you know, you want to grow into something and actually 
have some ownership in like what you do and actually like going to work and perfecting your craft. Correct. And I think that's one thing I feel like employers have to be better at is really painting that picture for people and showing like, here's where we are now. Here's where I want to be two years. Here's where, where I want to be five years. And it's yeah. weird. I actually had this conversation with a guy we're trying to hire out in Bismarck right now. You know, we kind of been back and forth on, you know, expectations, kind of what he wants to get paid, um, just job description and thing like that. And I had sent him over, Cole and I had kind of agreed on this amount. We'll give you this. Here's kind of what we're thinking. Um, and he, I'm, a, I'm glad he pushed me back on it because now I get the opportunity to kind of paint that bigger picture for him. But he was yeah. like, no, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit higher of where I'm at currently. And it's like, well, are you going to, are you going to stay there? Like, is there room right. for growth where you're at? And so I think there's a huge opportunity there just showing people where you can go if everybody's on the same page. Yeah, totally. So, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just the longer, the longer form of like, you know, are, are you going to stay there forever or grow into something? And like, what do you want to do? And, you know, like you said, it's, you're glad that there is some pushback because I mean, you always need to, you always need to negotiate. And I think it's, especially like when you're looking for a job or you're bidding a project. Um, if somebody, you know, lowballs you, you always need to come back and, and negotiate. Well, and I like to see pushback too, because that shows me that people value their time, yeah. right? They're, they, they're considerate of their time. So I know if I have them, they feel like they're taken care of. They're going to be considerate of my time as well. So, yeah. you know, but like, again, painting that bigger picture, say we offer somebody 65 grand, on like a salary base, you know, say we give them a pickup, health insurance, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they're like, well, I'm making, I'm making 70,000 right now. Right. And, but I don't have a pickup and I don't have some of these, you know, benefits. It's like, okay, look at your bigger picture here. You're, you're here with not a lot of room to grow. I'm offering mm-hmm. you a little less to start. Here's where you can grow into. And I feel like you re- I mean, painting that picture might be tough, but it's just really showing people, where the room for growth is, where they can, and then also asking them, where do you want to be? So I feel like employers need to do a better job at that because you don't hear a lot about that in that, in the construction industry of, Hey, here's where you are now. Here's where we would like you to be type thing. Right. Yeah. It feels like, and not every company, obviously, but the companies that are struggling to hire, they're just looking to hire bodies, you know, to come in and do, do some labor work. But uh, some of the companies that are seeing some success in hiring, which is very tough right now, but uh, they're giving them more of that ownership feel of like, this is where we want you to come in at. This is where we want you to be and really be a part of the culture, the business, the company, um, you know, a little bit more of that. And it's, uh, you know, the job market's crazy right now, especially for the industry. So having that edge and showing somebody their there's that light at the end of the tunnel of like, okay, this is where I want to be going towards. Uh, it can be huge for your hiring process. It can. I kind of an off topic question too. Have you seen any pushback from contractors as far as like promoting themselves right now? Cause I think, aren't we on like, or we're close to Q2 to where if it's two quarters of like, what are the indicators? If you're, 
what's what what indicates a recession again is yeah it, I, I believe it's uh two consecutive quarters of the gdp dropping yeah. and I, yeah. I believe yeah we're basically in a recession or going yeah. to one um yeah the response i've seen is actually the opposite so more companies are basically and I, I don't know if they're cutting costs elsewhere or where they're kind of finding the money i know it was a good year for a lot of companies but they're seeing that okay we can't just rely on word of mouth for our jobs or we can't just rely on our name like we do need to build a digital presence have a good website be out there a little bit more so that we can prepare for the next you know the waves the the recessions the upticks everything that is going to happen for the next you know 100 years it's just it always happens it comes in cycles and so we've seen the opposite we've seen a lot of companies come to us and say you know not necessarily backs up against the wall but they're just like okay luke we know that this is more important than we thought like how can we get started now so that in three years like we're we're okay it's a little bit more balanced out our company's a little bit more rounded out where you know a lot of the mom and pop excavation companies they just have that one lead source it's kind of like what we're talking about earlier but um so the recession can hit different if you're only going b to c or if you're only going b to b and that one channel cuts off and you have nothing else to to get out there then it's really tough but um the companies and you know i'm young but the people i've talked to that are older in the industry the more you can kind of round out your business the better because you can kind of weather the storm through different things like this and then yeah and you don't have just these crazy spikes and then these crazy spikes downward it's more of like a consistent like we're just going to keep growing we're going to be um like a force in the industry and we're going to be able to adjust and pivot like when needed yeah, you got to trim the fat in your company, right? My mom always used to say that. You got to trim the fat in your life. You got to trim the fat, which is so true. Trim the fat in your company, trim the fat in your life, whether it's working out or actually, you know, cutting people off or cutting things out. Yeah, yeah. it's um, kind of an oddball question, but I just thought of it like relatability to, you know, maybe somebody that's listening to this conversation right now. What are some of the biggest things that you're seeing contractors approach you of saying that they're having a hard time with? Is it hiring? Is it more digital presence? Like what are what are some of people's struggles? Yeah. So the main thing is is not leads. I know most I'm most marketing agencies I work with, it's all about the leads. It's okay, well 10x your leads, but in this uh, economy and the construction industry, it, it's not so much like that for every company. So what I've seen is the digital presence. Okay, Luke, we have been working on building our website on GoDaddy. You know, we're two construction guys like hunting and pecking at the at the keyboard here. We don't know what we're doing. We're wasting our time. The website looks like shit. Um, can we just like hire it out? So we're seeing like the digital presence, you know, we offer our all in one team. So it's more of like, this is just what we do every single day. You can hire somebody to do it, or you can try and do it yourself. It's going to be a mediocre uh, result, but uh, so we see that, but then on the flip side too, um, it is the hiring and it's more of the long-term hiring. So yes, we can do certain things, um, run certain ads to, bring more applications in, but it's more so about, okay, if we're developing our brand and our presence online, 
and in the community over the next year or two, three years, it's going to make us look a lot better for when we do hit that next lull and we need to hire more people. So it's it's a little bit of both, um, but it's not so much on the, you know, Luke, we need marketing to save our business. Uh, we need more work. It's more of the, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, can I just go to you? You work with construction companies. Can you just, can your team help us with everything? And then, you know, a lot of times too, we have their passwords, we have their access, we can help them feel a little bit more organized online. You know, we work with other companies, so we know, you know we can take data that we've seen work with Black Iron or other companies and use it for their company. So there's a lot of that that goes into it too. It's we have a network of construction companies and some stuff's working better for some companies, some stuff's not, you know, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast or in the Midwest, it's it's all different. Everyone's so different depending on where you are. Yeah. How um so with like obviously your business, but then you looking into like construction businesses how important is structure? You know, I see a lot of people that are kind of like writing things on sticky notes, like, oh, here's my password and they never see it again. Or, or here's my cost of this. Here's my cost of that. Like, do you run into a lot of things where you're like, dude, you are not organized at all? Oh, yeah. And I think most people listening to that, they're all just shaking their head. Like most of us are unorganized. I mean, we can all admit that. And, uh, one of one of the actually the the value adds that we bring as a company and that I tell my team is like help our clients feel more organized. You know, we've started to do more Monday check-ins. On Mondays we check in, we say, okay, this is this is where we're at, this is what we're working on, here's what we're going to do. And then monthly check-ins, like let's check in every month. Here's where we're at, here's what we're gonna do. Because especially in the construction industry, you get so busy. There's so many fires to put out. There's people in your ear. There's money coming in. There's economic whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. So if we can provide any sort of stability organization to somebody's life, all on the digital side, like that's a huge win in my book because they can come to us for anything digital. If they need something designed, uh, graphic design, you know, social media, website stuff. We have the capabilities to do it all. But at the same time, if they don't talk to us for months, we're already doing our our stuff in the background. So we have our own program. We're doing that. So that works out really well because this industry is different than any other industry out there. And uh, I love it. I take pride in, you know, getting to work with these amazing people, but it's just different. And people are much much busier yeah it's a lot of like most of my calls are done just on the phone and they're in the dozer and so i'm just like giving them a quick update i'm like okay here's where we're at here's what we want to do is that cool and it's like you know just putting that trust into myself and our team helps a lot too so it's like yeah luke i believe it i trust you let's do it and uh you know that means a lot as well 100 percent, no doubt about it um yeah, no, that's cool. It, I mean, myself, like looking into your company, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck I would do without Luke, right? I'm like, I don't remember half my passwords. I don't remember like yeah. any of that. And I like can recall times where I'm like, Luke, do you remember my password for this? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. just send it over. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that to you here shortly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's dude. great. It, but yeah, honestly, and that's what I want to be. I want to be a, a partner with these companies, you know, not 
equity wise. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, let's, I want to be the digital marketing team for your company for the next 10 to 20 years, instead of just like a, Oh, let's do a quick six month campaign, you know? So it's, that's, that's what we're in business for. Like we said earlier, we're not going anywhere, both of us. And, um, you know, we're going to be in this industry for a long time. Speaking of industries, thinking of, or speaking of campaigns, Con Expo. It's just how are you? You're going, right? So huge bombshell in a good way. Um, Con Expo 2023. Yeah, we're, we're all going, we're bringing the crew. Um, I got my first ever speaking gig. So I'll be speaking at Con Expo. The title, The Importance of Building an Online Presence for Small to Medium-Sized Contractors. Hell yeah, dude. Perfect. Yeah, so. That's been like a work in progress for you for what, like four months? I remember we talked about that like early winter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a huge shout out to Con Expo. I mean, I've been yeah trying to work with them and they've been amazing. Um, you know, been talking with John to start and then he connected me with Brooke who oversees all of the educational sessions that go on at Con Expo. And uh, I would say it kind of weaseled my way in. Uh, it was, it was definitely like secured at that point. And I just said, like, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that. It, it definitely means a lot. And you know, work towards it. Um, and now like, we're just getting started. I mean, I'm so excited to bring like all of our dirt bags, people, our phaser people, black iron, like whoever people are just interested in learning more about increasing your online presence and friends, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be an absolute riot. So just got my official date and time today, March 15th, 2.30 PM. It's in the West Hall, 211 to 212. Write it down. Um, I believe the registration, so you have to register to sign up for the session. So essentially I can like sell out the session, which would be cool. So go sign up. Um, but we'll have <laughs> we'll have the link in our on our phaser marketing Instagram. If you just click the link on our link tree, by the by the time this podcast drops, I should have the link to sign up for the the show. So Go sign up for it. It'd be great to have you out there. Um, we're going to probably bring Luke up on stage, throw some beers in the crowd, and uh, we're going to give a bunch of stuff away too. So it'll be, it'll be a good time. I'm you know, so we'll, we'll plan, dude, we'll plan some dinners after too. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. It's, that is like, I can't wait to just be in that, in that atmosphere because I feel like everybody in the construction industry goes just to see what's new, just to like, yeah mingle with people just to you know have a good time i know riley's sitting across right now and we were having this talk like what was it two or three days ago she's like well how come olivia and i don't get to go with you and luke <laughs> and i was like you can we don't care <laughs> like come Liv, on down lives come and she already bought her ticket right you hear that <laughs> i think that no. would be a blast. that is actually over riley's birthday so march 16th even better she's 33 on march 16th no, I'm just kidding. She's 29. 43. Uh, <laughs> no, even better. I mean, Vegas, the 16th, like we're not going to the show. We're just celebrating. So we're going to be out and about celebrating her birthday all day. I mean, nothing better. Oh, yeah. All right, right. You're in. <laughs> She's in. No, oh, that's funny. No, that'll. I'm excited for you. That'll be really fun. And just like the amount of people 
I feel like that'll be there and listen to that and kind of hopefully take the time and be like, oh, shit, this is actually really important. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'll definitely sign up and I'll be there and listening to it. So I, I'm excited. Yeah, you better be there. <laughs> I'll be there. No, dude. It, I, I got to take it easy on these before because like right before you and I started this, we were both like, oh, it's got some bite to it. Now I'm like, where's the bottle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, most of our listeners make it like, you know, 60, 70 percent in and they start to drop off. So usually it's a, just the it's just yeah. the diehard dirt bags that make it this long. <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. Good no, deal. Connor, super excited so congrats to you man that's i mean definitely deserve so weaseled your way and like you said that's not yeah. the right term definitely definitely earned so yeah i appreciate that now it's just you know yeah it's exciting because you know i get to actually put my head down and work really really hard for this opportunity and like try and deliver some value so just some of the feedback i've you know heard from some guys and that are just willing to come and support you know just to be there and let me know how it is even if it sucks like they're going to be there sitting there just letting me know how it is and we'll go out after have a good time so uh, super stoked just to try and do my best to add value to the industry are you gonna have your book done by that time yep book's gonna be done oh, yeah. um it's bringing with you Two probably seat. dude i i don't even know i gotta finish the book first so How's that coming, by the way? it's it's coming along um i've got i'm traveling this weekend so I think flights are a lot easier to write than any other time. I feel like there's just so many things going on. But when you're on a plane, you're in airplane mode. So it's like, well, what else am I going to do? So yeah. um, definitely it's going well. I'm trying to make it a short read, honestly, because I don't read much and yeah. I don't like big books. So I figured do a short book, you know, 100 pages or less, quick read uh, on the foundation of just getting your construction company online. So honestly, 90% of my network probably won't read the book, but the 10% that will read it are all in the construction industry. And that's really why I'm writing it is just to help add value, help the industry. This is how you bring your construction company online. So you should do like an audio book of that and have like yep. micro read it. That yeah, would be dude. top. <laughs> I could just... I could just you, retire you, at that point. They peak in high school. Luke would peak at that point. I'd no. I'd peak at twenty seven. Yeah, but you still you're still going. So yeah, I'll I'll, te I'll text uh, I'll text Mike and see if he's down to do it, and uh, we'll lock it in. <laughs> the next dirty jobs might grow. That'd be but sweet, but cool. Well, all right. I think that uh, that just about wraps up. Yeah. Yeah, wraps up the podcast here. Thank you, everyone. If you made it this far, thank you for listening to the Dirtbags podcast. We got Luke and Luke and Dirtbag. Yeah, we got Dirtbag Brandon behind the scenes here, producing this, editing, um, keeping us in line. Brandon, Brandon you're, you're the man. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all you guys for listening and tuning in.